Hey, this is Candia Raquel, founder of Centro de Poder. Welcome to the Sensual Sessions podcast. This is a place to sense your fire so you can share the flame by moving completely free from inhibition and expressing your true sensual self. And if you haven't subscribed already, please go to www.centrodepoder.com and get yourself signed up to receive these episodes weekly on your inbox. And today we have a very special guest. This is Rodrigo Suarez, and he's an Alexander Technique teacher, and he's also a professional cello player. This is going to be a unique, unique, very special episode just for you. So let's welcome him. Oh, this is fantastic. One of my, my favorite cello pieces. Ah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, well. So, mm-hmm. so tell us about music and pleasure because playing music is a discipline. It takes uh, commitment structure there are frustrations along the way so how it is for you as a as a professional cello player to get into into the experience of pleasure while there is all these uh, technical requirements to be met like how, how you blend your your two brain hemispheres this is just like to to get us started because then I want to to ask you about pleasure as as a listener of music and and how how music can be a gateway for for delight. Mm-hmm. Yes, actually, that question is quite a big topic because like in music colleges there's a lot of pressure for doing it well and often stop losing the pleasure for playing and actually now that I played I, I got a bit uh, suddenly the notes w- didn't go when I rehearsed this morning it, it went it all went well but now I sort of um, my fingers went a bit funny and I I was about to apologize when, when I <laughs> stopped playing I was about to apologize and I said no I mustn't apologize uh, so, but it's like very ingrained this musician. Uh, like I'm not a professional musician now. I, I did like study music, but um, I'm a bit out of practice. But it's a, a big theme um, because after 
After studying music, I, I studied Alexander Technique, and I started like to, to go back to finding pleasure in what I do. And cello was was quite dif difficult to find the pleasure again. Like it was easier. Like I learned dancing salsa, and I enjoyed that. And I learned singing, and I enjoyed that. But for playing the cello, it was so ingrained. Like this idea that I must do it well and I have to practice many hours and I'm, I'm, I'm out of tune now. All that music college, like, like many musicians have this problem that they, they stop having pleasure. And actually what the, the audience want is to see you enjoy it. So, so yeah, ideally it's, should go like you should practice to have the, the technique in form and at the same time you should go advancing and enjoying what you do and it is possible but I think it's more the all the cultural ideas that it must have be perfect and you don't have, mustn't have mistakes that makes it more difficult so yeah I mean if you are learning something like when I learned salsa I learned it with a very different approach it was like Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm very bad dancer, but I don't care. So when I was learning, I was taking lessons, learning the steps. And I took it easy, like, okay, this is what I do. I'll do it without tensing up, without making an effort to do a better step than what I can do, so that I have also time to listen to the music and enjoy the music and go little yes. step by little step. Yes, I, and I find it paradoxical that wanting to make things perfect being a perfectionist actually can get in the way of doing it perfect because it's like this issue of the finger and the moon like you can get distracted with the finger that is pointing at the moon rather than looking at the moon rather than the experience of of what it is and I think um, there's a huge difference in being self-conscious than in being self-aware. And this is something that gets in the way every time in pleasure, because it happens to me like I am enjoying the frothy chocolate frappuccino and I can get distracted on thinking that I am enjoying it. or. That's, that's one instance, like the, the pure thinking analysis gets in the way of what you're actually analyzing, that is the experience itself. And another, um, and another big one is how to deal with the vulnerability, because we have the desire of perfection in a way because the intention is good like we want to play perfect I mean me as a dancer I want to dance perfect in order to deliver the experience so so the, that's the goal but then something gets in the way when there's an audience like it's not the same to, to dance privately alone like no one is watching than to dance in front of a stage 
or here being being recorded. But I have to say as well that it has happened to me that I am on stage dancing as if no one is, is watching and I am dancing just for myself and for my pleasure in order to not get distracted by the glance of the other. But then the other doesn't delight in my pleasure. Like, I, mm -hmm. I've got gotten like the, the harshest critique as, a, as an artist my performance from those instances uh, that it was like perfectly executed but it was cold and somehow what I learned with experience is that people preferred preferred to to see my my flaws as long mm -hmm. as they could sense my candor. So yes. that's what I want to, to ask you about also, like how Alexander Technique can help us all to have a more pleasurable experience when we present ourselves in a circumstance that can be presenting yourself with a cello playing here at the Essential Sessions podcast or presenting yourself naked in the bedroom to your beloved. Like, because being in the space and the environment can be challenging. Like, you can open and be aware to what's going on and that can, in a way, cancel the experience that is inside. Or you can do as I did, like, focus so much on my pleasure and my delight and dancing for myself when I am actually at the theater when I am supposed to dance with and for the others, that that cancels also the, the like the inner can cancel the outer and the outer can cancel the inner. So tell us what have you found that works for you in these kind of instances? Mm -hmm. Well, before answering, I could demonstrate it with the cello because the first time I played I didn't apply it completely because my fingers got a bit clumsy and I got worried, oh, I'm out of tune. Um, but I want to demonstrate. Now I'm going to um, give the emphasis, emphasis into the pleasure and sharing the pleasure. Um, so then we can talk about it afterwards. So I'll put this down here.
so I was improvising there so that I didn't have to worry about wrong notes. Um, but what I was doing is sharing. I was looking at you at the screen and I was enjoying what I was doing, but sharing it with you, like like making eye contact and it was as, as though I was telling you what I was playing. So. Wow, wow. Yeah, and like I could sense it. It was a, a complete, like on the first play I was like, wow, back! And I remember a, a play with Alessandra Ferri dancing on pointe shoes and Sting playing the same song with, I think, I don't know, with guitar. Uh, and now, like, I am not uh, like in a rational mood, but I was like on this side of the communication of the sound that you that you gave, and I, I wouldn't tell that you were improvising. <laughs> mm -hmm. It 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 sounded natural, and also I could I could perceive how your physical um, posturing was was different like your neck was free it was some, there was a moment when you drop your hand all together and I was like uh, I hope the cello doesn't fall because <laughs> the supporting hand but then it was like no the cello is perfectly on the axis and he's on his axis and like he's one with the instrument and also there were a kind of comfortable silences between notes and a sense of of spaciousness so so you created an atmosphere for 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 it to happen mm -hmm. and well maybe my judgments voices, like music judgment voices, would say, "Oh, that's too easy. You played something too easy, so that like, doesn't count." But I can see that for you, you enjoyed it. You didn't care if it was easy or if it wasn't easy. No, for me, it was <laughs> complex and fantastic. Like, <laughs> and then mm -hmm. there's something here because pleasure is not complicated. On the contrary, pleasure is easy. It, it doesn't mean that it comes easy, but when it comes, it comes easy and naturally and in in a way, pleasure is effortless when the context mm -hmm. is right. So in that way, like, the music was perfect for the experience of pleasure to, to emerge. Even though the the perfectionistic voices of the musician behind were telling you like this is not complex enough, so. Mm -hmm. And if I practiced enough, the Bach suite, there will be a day when I when it becomes easy for me, and that's when it's ideal for the audience because I am enjoying it because it's easy for me and I'm not worrying about the notes. I'm enjoying it. Um, so. So the same applies to the, all the, the other examples that you talked about, about dancing or being naked in front of your partner. It's like, like we have learned this idea that you are asking yourself, am I good enough or am I not good enough? But 
for the other person, the experience is not about you being good or not being good, um, performing well or not performing well. It's like uh, it's about enjoying what there is. So yes, and and uh, I don't know what you will enjoy and or you won't enjoy. Maybe I'm playing and I'm and I'm out of tune, and you enjoy my face because you look you like what my face looks like when I'm worried, like might be like there's like one doesn't have control about what the other person will enjoy, but when they enjoy something uh, doesn't have to do necessarily whether you did it well or you didn't do it well so I mean of course, if you are you want to be a professional musician, then there's like maybe some standard you want to, you want to reach so but not not forgetting that what really people enjoy is not complicated things. It's mostly what you are enjoying. You are enjoying it very well. Enjoy it. Yes. So I am curious on on the listening because when I don't think about it, I can listen to music and enjoy but sometimes mm -hmm. quite an, an often struggle for me dancing was that i i was like one two three four one two three four or one two three four five six seven eight and then when i started to put the numbers into the equation i blocked the the sense of the rhythm so like it takes different length to say one than to say seven <laughs> because mm -hmm. there are two syllables. So then I am like, and it, I was always behind or always ahead of, of the music because of the counts, <laughs> like, uh, like trying to listen and then count and then move. And it's, this is a first time confession. And I am very nervous that my dance teachers we're going to listen to this episode and say like, ah, okay, she has a problem, clearly. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. and I think it it pertains to, to being more self-conscious than self-aware. So, what do you think about this? Does it has a have a solution or am I doomed? Well, about this thing of feeling the rhythm, maybe each person has their own way of feeling it. Um, but often there's some tension in it. Like if, if I want to, like I'm playing and I'm following the rhythm with my head, like this is tension. Whereas there's other ways of feeling the rhythm that, that don't have this contraction way. Like, I mean, now I'm feeling the rhythm with my hands in my arms and it's something organic or now I'm moving, moving my foot but without tension here. Or now I'm saying one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And I'm not moving anything but there is some enjoyment, enjoyment in the way I'm saying it and there's not excessive tension. One, two, three, four. So there's something inside me which is feeling 
being the rhythm without tension when I say it like yeah. that. So I guess I get this. Um, I I finally get it like after four decades of suffering, and I think I understand rhythm finally because you don't count with numbers one two three four because I, I am like one two three four five six seven eight nine one and like <laughs> because there's no rhythm there those are just words of numbers and and what you're saying is like you keep the count with the arms of with the head so so if 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 you want to follow the music it's not something that you can do discursively by thinking it's something that that you do by moving like you keep the count with the arms or with the head like a dj or like a rapper or if you if you keep the count with the voice it's because the voice is an expression of the rhythm that you are sensing as movement inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. So for example, be mm -hmm. that's why there's always like, like a mark of the rhythm before starting the music, like, mm -hmm. The, the drum player says one, two, three, four, and then we go. Because before the the sound, <laughs> I don't remember how it says in the Bible that first it was the verb, but actually first it was movement. So first is the movement of, and then bam, goes the music. Mm -hmm. Maybe I... I, I felt that maybe I had a, a brain dysfunction or something. But no, I, I, I just had like an inner misunderstanding. <laughs> the music, the rhythm. Mm -hmm. is, yeah, it has to do with what you talked What you talked about at the beginning of like the technique and the pleasure. So it's always finding a way in which something that is an element of of understanding like the numbers or whatever you find a way of making it organic make it uh, enjoyable and and involving your body yeah. and and what makes it organic is movement mm -hmm. is the the sense of the self through movement and i i think it can be just breathing like opera singers like before they start singing, they, they make sure they have some air <laughs> inside. So it's, and then, and then you go. And I think this is so important to say, even for seduction, because I don't know, as a woman, you can be wearing the high heels, the lingerie or the sexy outfit or whatever. But if you're not really into it, I mean, you're not the one that is looking at your makeup. You cannot see your face. You have the makeup on. The thing is that in the applying of the makeup and the outfit, you get into 
into a felt sense of yourself that is sensual, that has a certain movement quality to it. And then you go out of the res dressing room in the theater with your costume and you do your thing in the same way that you go out from, from your bedroom to, to the car, to the dinner with your beloved wearing your seductive outfit or the same as a guy like here I am present but it's 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 like keeping the count and the rhythm maybe not with the hands like a, an orchestra director but keeping the the rhythm inside and even yeah. even previous than the rhythm and the movement is perhaps silence but but not a a stiff dead silence but a fertile silence from where creativity or creation itself emerges in this state in in this case we are talking about the emergence of of a state of awareness that can be sensual can be pleasurable, can be an embodiment to be on stage. And I think this this applies to, to anything. Can be like, okay, I am the boss and I am here leading my enterprise and going to the board meeting. So there's there's an embodiment and there's a rhythm to to how you walk and how you move mm -hmm. your body like you're not like dragging you can be dragging yourself but it's i feel it's not effective to get a business done if that's what you're up to it's not conducive <laughs> to to conquer the guy or the girl in the dinner especially because there's no pleasure in it Mm -hmm. But yes, yes, you're right. There's, there's always a rhythm to it, <clears throat> and I, for myself, sometimes I'm a bit insecure now. Now I'm, I'm now that I'm talking, I feel this sort of insecure that uh, doubting, and I realize my movement gets a bit like more jerky instead of right. And yes, well, there's some some confidence. When I do find some confidence in dancing or whatever, there's a rhythm that can be in walking or talking, and there are pauses. Uh, yes, I think the seduction has a lot of, of that, because the other person isn't worrying about, about you, like is he comfortable, is he not comfortable, it's just like you. Your confidence proposes a rhythm in a way, and the other person can sort of relax into that rhythm, like just follow that rhythm in a way. Yeah, you you you're pointing to something very important. Insecurity has to do with jackie movements. So so there's like a disconnection from rhythm or from inner rhythm because rhythm mm -hmm. is 
it's a tempo, it's a flow, it's a heartbeat. And then, then when you just mentioned confidence, the expression of your, your movement changed altogether. So what is useful to go from, from insecurity to confidence? Because in, in the movement that you demonstrated, it was a split second that you changed like from here to here. <laughs> yes. Where's that button? Where's the confidence button? We I think it's trusting. Trust. Well, first of all, I got into that rhythm, that idea of waiting and st staying in my rhythm. Um, but it's a lot to do with trusting. It has to do with uh, what you were saying about the makeup. It's similar to when you are playing music. Like, if I'm worrying about the notes, I'm out of tune now. Am I playing good enough or not good enough? It's all the, that way of thinking. Is it? You are placing a label into the way you are playing. But the other person, the other person receiving it is not worried about the labels, is enjoying the, the experience as it is. So, so when you remember that, uh, like for me as a man, what really makes a woman more attractive isn't the perfect makeup at all. Like it's like the sensuality, for example, that's, that's very attractive. And so yeah, when a wom woman trusts that, trusts that she's attractive, even if, if this hair came a bit here, or even if she didn't, uh, like she didn't wear her best dress or whatever, that confidence makes, makes her more attractive. So, so in a way, it's like, it helps a lot to, to listen to people when they tell you what they like about what you do, and you listen to it, not in a way, did I do it well or didn't I do it well? It's okay, for this person, this is what it um, contributed. Like when you told me when I was playing how it was for you, I just listened, okay, it can have this effect in this person, so I have this power to, 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 to make these sort of effects in people, even if I'm not perfect. So I think that trust helps you be there, like, if I enjoy that, a person will enjoy. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. If you enjoy, the other person will enjoy, and it doesn't need to be perfect. So the key of this is trust. And interestingly enough, it's more attractive someone that is relaxed with their imperfections than someone who is trying to cover up for their imperfections. Like, for example, I don't, Gerard Depardieu, the actor with a huge kilometrical nose, came into my mind. And I mean, the guy for me is super sexy and attractive. And in a way, like, there are some roles where he's fat and he has a very short neck and a huge face and a huge nose. But he seems so comfortable with his apparent imperfections that I don't know if I seem if they become beautiful for me, but they become very interesting to me. Or for example, this this Pedro Almodovar muse, 
Rossi de Palma that also has a huge Galician, I don't know, Spain type nose. And he has a unique face. And to me, she's extremely beautiful. I mean, Marilyn Monroe level beauty. Even if you look at Marilyn Monroe, like there there was some strange strangeness to her bony anatomy in her face. Like her, her jaw, jaw was like diagonal and the chin was a little bit jutting forward. And he has he she had a like a little bit bottom nose. And also she was ultra hairy in in her cheeks, almost like a beard. And 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 there's like a quote from an interview where she said that he, she had been demanded to wax or shave <laughs> her, her, her beard. And she refused because she said that it it gave her like a little like like a like a certain glow in camera. And if you like if you make a, a, a super zoom, like she was super, super ultra mega hairy. Mm-hmm. And yes, like these little hairs uh, gave it like a like a certain uh, pixel effect, like a like a certain blurriness that was very interesting. To the I think I think that's easier to believe if you are a man, probably like. Because, like, to believe, okay, if I'm, I might be ugly, but I might be attractive, or somebody might really like, uh, and probably for women, it might be more difficult to believe because culturally there is so much, like, this idea of like the perfect, and also a stereotype, like blonde. Yeah, the stereotype uh, and, and the conditioning and the demand that beauty is something that you, that you other have that you don't have like the condition of beauty is for you not to have it and then not being enough and not accepted and for and then you see the the mustache from Frida Kahlo and his her single eyebrow and I think I don't know if it was Leon Trotsky or is something like uh, an historical character that had a huge crush on Frida Kahlo and wrote her about her mustache. So, I mean, that is something truly unique about these women, women that owned her uniqueness that would otherwise have been considered imperfections or flaws. To the I point- can tell you. Yeah. Okay. So just wrap up the idea mm-hmm. to the point that Marilyn Monroe knew herself so much and had studied her face, like to be the icon of beauty, that she knew that her beard was actually a photogenic asset. So that is very interesting. That that flip and that reframe of trusting who and how you are and even and maybe even like with the buddhist mandalas making a little flaw on purpose refusing deliberately 
to be perfect because in a way perfection is the divine so it's like i don't want to be god so i refuse perfection and instead i i give into what is human that is beauty mm -hmm. and i can tell you that when i was young like, like as a man i realized there was this sort of social pressure um to to have a girlfriend who was good looking like by the social standard and i think that's very common also like in men uh, so so in a way if i have a girlfriend which other people would say oh she's very pretty then i come out as successful myself so <clears throat> so when i realized that and i started realizing that actually the women that I really find more attractive, that really attracted me, it wasn't those standards, it was other things, like, as I said, probably the sensuality was one of them, like, and there are many, many others. So I think also, uh, yes, socially there's so much pressure for women to have a stereotype, and, and in a way maybe also for men to have women that have that stereotype, but I can tell you from my own experience that what I really enjoy more in a, in a woman doesn't have to do, to do with that. With, with perfection? Yes, with perfection and, and with the stereotype of beauty that we have culturally, because there, there are many, many different beauties, like uh, from, but the culture will have this idea of this is a beautiful face and this one isn't where they might be both beautiful in different ways, so. Yeah, so, yeah, a, a frame to, to fit in where pleasure will always refuse to fit in and will never, never bloom. And that's why it's uh, so important to, to trust. And in that trust, like trust is not like just saying, yeah, I trust. But trust is like the movement of rhythm. Like mm -hmm. trust is knowing that you have the rhythm that is conducive to something, to, to the rhythm of walking yes. that, that will take you to, to the goal or, or the rhythm that creates the music. Mm -hmm. And then this rhythm is precisely the structure where where flow can happen, where where pleasure can happen. Yeah, mm -hmm. is, is yeah, it the like cello? That. Is it the cello uh, a very rhythmical instrument? Is the cello very rhythmical? It it can be like. Um...
it's no, like a percussion maybe it has even stronger sort of rhythmic effect mm -hmm. stronger rhythmic effect yeah or the harana yes harana uh, <laughs> well is it time is it a good time to to do the like exercise for like for people who who are watching and listening to us yeah i think it's a great idea let's go for it yes well before the hanara comes i want to do something else and then it will um, build up to, to the hanara movement Perfect. so so first um just be there you can be aware of the floor supporting your feet and the chair supporting your sitting bones and, or if you're standing you can be aware of the floor supporting your feet or if you're lying down you can be aware of the bed supporting your whole body you can be aware of the surface that supports you and you can listen to the sounds what sounds are there in the space where you are there's my voice obviously but there might be cars or birds or your breathing and is it possible to be aware of both things at the same time the surface that supports you and what you listen listen to the different sounds and you can be aware of you as a whole from the soles of your feet to the crown of your head to the tips of your fingers so what space do you take in the room so can you be aware of you as a whole, your whole body, and at the same time be aware of what you see and what you hear and the contact of the surface? And you can be a, a bit in everything, not, not concentrating in one thing or the other, but more be aware of the whole of this moment and realize if you are maybe tightening your neck, pulling your head back, or maybe tightening your lips, are you fixing your ankles, or fixing your knees, or fixing your hips, fixing your neck? Just, just be aware without wanting to change anything. So can, you can be aware of the surface supporting you, and you can be aware of the peripheral vision, and all the sounds, and your whole body, from the soles of your feet, to the crown of your head, to the tips of your fingers. And it's something dynamic, because you are breathing, and that's a movement, and it has its own rhythm. and there's the, little, the small movements of equilibrium they are automatic, you don't have to do them they just happen so there's the breathing and the equilibrium and you can ask yourself if you might be tightening your mouth or tightening your neck and are you pulling your head back so now I'm, I'm going to play a little bit and I invite you to to be aware of the music, so that, that's being in the present, listening to the music, and at the same time being aware of the surface that supports you and your whole body, realizing if you're tightening, if you're making some unnecessary tension. Um, so there are many things to pay attention at the same time, but you can think it as a whole. It's all part of the whole. See, without worrying too much about it, see how much you can include in your attention at the same time as you listen to the music.
Okay. Okay. Now, wow. How did you how did you do? Now in, in this third round of, of listening, something happened that I started to move with the music. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's because I entered into a more present and open space with the brief instructions prior to listening music. Like, okay, the environment, don't fix your low back, your knee, your ankle. And I, I am like, wow, I, I am always fixing everything because I want to be on my ballet posture and Pilates alignment technique and everything. And when you stop fixing, then what is shows up. And what is is the reality of the now that can welcome the pleasurable experience of listening to music and connecting to the real rhythm. And then you're in communication with the music. You're, you are in relation with the music. And I feel this is important if, if you are up to go at the encounter with your beloved that is being in this open present state for the dance, mm -hmm. the other to happen. And music is, is like a great starting point to, to explore this in a safe and comfortable way. Yes. So is it a good time to get the harana? Yes. Okay. This is a huge surprise. This is Madeleine, my wife, and she's learning Harana. And the exercise that I will give you is that uh, you start to listen to the Harana with the same awareness of the surface that supports you, you as a whole, being aware of what's around you, what you see, and listening to your breathing, and start to make like some small movement and start enjoying it. Like any movement, it can be very small. The important thing is to, to enjoy it. And then when you are enjoying it, you can start to grow it. Actually, this exercise I learned from Madeleine because she teaches it in her clown workshops, but I'm simplifying it for this. So she, she, she takes it much further. But now it's just, just to start move me, moving and keeping that general awareness and enjoying the movement. And when you're enjoying it, you can start growing it, whatever movement it is. And don't worry if you're dancing well, if it's a good dancing movement or not. That doesn't matter at all. The thing is that for you to enjoy it and let music move you.
Gracias. Gracias, thank you, Madeleine. Dice que gracias. So, those were the, the two exercises. The two exercises. So, don't know what else to say. Do you have something else to say? Yes, because there's something like predictive with with rhythm, like you get traction, and then the mel the rhythm is the same, but the tunes uh have certain like different qualities tones and when you are in in this like state of awareness in your support and sensing the space and sensing yourself then you are led into movement so when you keep the rhythm you keep the the rhythm through your movement what you what you explained me finally that the the rhythm and the counts is your movement. But then like <laughs> what I have just learned and discovered is that I was missing this state of being one with the music, of of having my rhythm rhythm being encompassed with the rhythm of of, of the music. And then it, it it feels like music moves you. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. golden realization. Loving this so much, loving this exercise and experience so much. So how can we learn more about this that you that you well, our, our webpage is like Madeleine and, and me, we, like we have a pro project together. It's in Spanish, it's librescencia.com, librescencia.com. Librescencia.com, wonderful. Yes. So that's that's wh where we can tap into, into rhythm. Ah, you, you mentioned also clown, that you, that Madeleine teaches clown, right? Yes, we also have a, a YouTube channel, which is also in Spanish, and Madeleine talks about, it has a lot to do with what we talked about, like the enjoyment and and like the, all the judgments that you can have about yourself or that you, that you fear judgment from other people and how that interferes with, with being yourself and enjoying what you do. So yeah, it has a lot to do with what we talked about. So yeah. Actually, when you... When, I didn't know all this idea of music and and pleasure took took us subjects that I didn't know we were going to talk about. It was yeah, and that they are so important, like rhythm and creating this previous state of awareness mm -hmm. as a container for for their experience. That makes a a huge a huge difference in in the capacity to experience pleasure. Because mm -hmm. I mean, 
the first play of Bach was fantastic, but it was like a little bit surprising, even though I knew what it was coming, it was like a little bit surprising. And then in the second one, there was like a different context. And in the third one, we we created like this, this atmosphere of of becoming present and finally when Madeleine came with the Harana like I was I was ready to to stand up and and jump mm -hmm. with my whole body so yeah this been a wonderful episode thank, thank you so much Rodrigo. yeah thank you too yeah. very much and thank you for the people who have heard all this far yeah thank you sensualist for being here and go to Libre Esencia, Libre Esencia, like one word, libreesencia.com and get in touch with Rodrigo and his wife, Madeleine. And also, if you haven't subscribed already to the Essential Sessions podcast, please go to www.centrodepoder.com and get yourself signed up to get this delivered weekly on your inbox. So until the next time, remember to take the time to sense your fire so you can share the flame.